0: Hello, Monica. I am super excited to get to talk to you. Um, the last time we talked, I was actually on your podcast and we talked about, um, taking the focus off of the stuff in your house and putting it back onto the relationships, which, you know, I can talk about the stuff in the house and you talk about the relationships. So I'm super excited to talk with you today about simplifying your marriage (laughs) and how we can do that. Um, but first, can you just tell us your your love story, your marriage story, and kind of how it all unfolded for you both?
1: Absolutely, you bet. I'm so excited to be here too. And as I was thinking about decluttering your marriage, I came up with some really good stuff. So. I'm excited Yay. to talk about that soon. But yeah, so my marriage story. Um, so I, you know, was born and raised in Texas and um, my parents divorced when I was 12. And that just sent me into like this kind of obsession with figuring out how to make marriages strong and lasting. So I mean, I was a pretty precocious 12 year old, but I would like literally study my friend's parents' marriages and what made them strong and uh, I went through college was a sociology major studying human behavior and I wanted to be a marriage and family counselor but I met the man of my dreams in the middle of all of this so ended up getting married Um, I was really skeptical and really um what's the word um uh Oh gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like nervous about self-conscious about being a good wife. Like I wanted so, so, so badly to have a really strong, healthy marriage, to be a really good wife and a really good mom, but it didn't have like the best role models. And so I knew I wanted to do it, but I just didn't know how. And so I think that Um, learning as I went and making a lot of mistakes and um, finding my own way, creating my own way to be a wife and a mother um, was really what gave me the confidence and the passion to want to share this message with other wives and moms. Just that there's no handbook, there's no one right way to do it, but there's a lot of correct principles that really help. And so um, I met my husband right after I graduated from college in Austin. He came down um, to sell pest control and we met at church and we were just we became really good friends at first. Like I thought, oh, I'm making it this great friend and he's so fun to hang out with. And we just like became inseparable that summer. But then he left and went back to school. And uh, I just felt really empty without him. Like I, I missed him so much just hanging out with him. And so, you know, we got him a cell phone and he would call me and we'd talk for like four or five hours every night and just shared all of our hopes and dreams with each other. And finally just realized like, you are a part of all of my hopes and dreams. And so def- uh, ended up sealing the deal. The funny part about it is my dad Was super against it so he actually bought a plane ticket came down to ask my dad if he could marry me and my dad said no way no how (laughs) you guys know each other just for a few months but we were so certain i mean we knew what we were doing and so basically i packed up all of my things like you in my honda civic anything that would fit my (laughs) honda civic drove literally across the country and got an apartment there where he was going to school in Rexburg, Idaho. It was the coldest place on earth. I was coming from Texas. I thought I was literally going to die. So I waited a couple of months. He proposed to me. We called my dad and said, hey. He said, hey, I proposed to your daughter. She said yes. (laughs) So we're going to give you a few months to get used to the idea. And then I packed up my things again, moved to Boise because it was much warmer than Rexburg. And uh, we planned our wedding and got married six months later. So that's kind of the story. That's how it all happened.
0: That is amazing. I love that you guys were both just like, we like this. Like, we're going to do this. This feels right. And- you can come with us or not
1: <laughs> yeah 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 well for my parents definitely because they were like we won't support this we won't and we were like okay well here's what we're gonna do you have six months to warm up to the idea you can come or not come I mean we'd be really sad if you missed it but anyways they were all there and very supportive and it was funny because their my dad you know his only advice was i'm so happy for you i'm excited you found the man of your dreams or whatever just please don't have kids right away and so we waited a whole 5 months to get pregnant I was say you probably had kids right away <laughs> yeah <laughs> but nobody's sad about it now we have a 16 year old and my parents love him and you know it would it it wouldn't have
0: worked out any other way. So yeah, I love that. That's what I was going to ask next is, so you said something in your story that maybe like, how long have they been married? You said we got him a cell phone. And I was like, okay, so you've been married, oh. you've been married for a while. Cause everyone has a cell phone. <laughs> yes. so-
1: yeah. That was his first cell phone plan. Like literally we, we got him a cell phone so that we could communicate from Idaho to Texas because he didn't even have a cell phone. So yeah, yeah it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. You're like, let's get the plan with 3000 minutes. <laughs> right?
0: Exactly. Oh yeah, for sure. That's so funny. I love that. Okay. So you, you know, you have the podcast, it's on the brighter side and you didn't start off doing marriage specifically. What made you decide that you wanted to get into the marriage niche? Cause I love it. Yeah.
1: So before I started the podcast, a year before I started the podcast, I actually, my kids were all in school. So I have four kids ranging from 16 to eight. And my youngest went started all day kindergarten. So I was kind of like, what am I going to do with myself? And so I decided I was going to go back to school and get my uh, marriage and family uh, therapy license. Um, and so I got three semesters into that graduate program and decided it was definitely not what I wanted to do. Like I was passionate about my marriage and I wanted to help um, people with their marriages, but I just, the more I learned about counseling, the more I was like, this isn't for me. I can only help this very small group of people and the success rate isn't super, super high because by the time people get to marriage counseling, they're ready to call it quits. And so it's a big Big, big hurdles that you're overcoming, and I was like, I kind of want to deal more with oil changes. Like, I want to help people before they get to that point of no return. And so, I dropped out of school. Well, before I dropped out of school, I actually would come home from school every day crying, and my husband was like, "I just really don't understand why we're spending all this money, and you come home so sad." And I'm like, "I know it's horrible," and so finally, I just realized this isn't where I was supposed to be, and so. We chalked it up as a huge contribution to the university. And I just kind of looked for other avenues. I was like so passionate about marriage, but had no idea what to do with this. And a good family friend some of you may have heard of him, he's kind of famous. His name is Russell Brunson. Um, ended up in my living room and he said, you should start a podcast. And I was like, what are you kidding me? I have no idea. What would I even talk about? And he said, you just start talking and you'll find your voice. And so I started with the idea of what makes people successful, I mean, in my mind, I always wanted to know what made people successful in marriage, but I just kind of started with the idea of what makes people successful? What are the habits, strategies, things that successful people do? And so I interviewed all of these because I I saw the people in front of me that I wanted to interview and they were all just very successful in different areas. They happen, most of them to be married, but not all of them. And so when I started my podcast, I was just finding my voice and I really just asked people about how they became successful at whatever it is they wanted to do, because I knew that by modeling successful people, you could find success. And so um, I that's how I started. And then I got to a point where I got really comfortable with my podcast and realized I don't just want to know what makes people successful in life. I want to know what makes people successful in marriage and in life. And so that's when I had the pivot and, you know, went towards the thing that has always just driven me and gotten me really excited and realized that most of the people that I had been interviewing were actually not only successful in business and in life, but also in marriage. So um, it just was a great fit.
0: I love that. So a couple of things that you said stood out to me and, the first just because there's lots of moms here who are listening is that you started this when your your youngest was in school and i think that's something that a lot of the moms that i that are listening struggle with is like what do i even do with myself mm-hmm. and it sounds like you tried a lot of different things before you finally found it and you're still like you're still refining it you're still like you're just yeah. doing things I think that's one of the, it's probably true, true for anyone who's successful with anything is that they just do things and they try it and and they keep going
1: before you're ready. For sure. That's absolutely 100% the case. You just, you just have to get out there and try some things. Like a lot of people ask, like, how did you, you know, you, you're so kind of focused now, but it definitely, like you pointed out has definitely not always been that way. You know, it was. It was a lot, trying a lot of different things, getting my hands, you know, and feet wet in a lot of different areas to just kind of find what gets me excited to jump out of bed in the morning. Of course, my kids, I love, you know, my day starts helping my kids get ready for school, but then they leave and I'm just like alone. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, not the mom who was going to spend a lot of time cleaning or cooking or, you know, making cookies for when my kids get home from school. Like that's great for a lot of moms. But for me, I just knew when I looked back on my life, I wanted there to be, you know, a legacy above and beyond raising my kids. I also wanted to exemplify for my kids that, you know, you can use your experiences and talents and, and the gifts that you possess to bless the lives of others. And so I love raising my kids. I love having the flexibility of being a stay at home mom and, you know, being in charge of my own schedule and how much I work and how hard I work and when I work. Um, But I knew I wanted to leave a legacy and make a difference and marriage is something that i just have always felt so passionate about and i just know you know i i have this philosophy that a little bit of luck and a lot of hard work turn into something great and so i feel like i was very lucky in love and in marriage and it was something that i knew i was always going to work very very hard at and so You know, I want to take all of those lessons that I've learned and that I've experienced and help others just have this incredible marriage because there's a lot of happily married people, but like to be passionate and happily married and just, you know, get so excited and still fluttery when you see your spouse and all of those things are just something that I feel like I've been very lucky and worked very hard to cultivate. And I want to help others experience that level of just love and passion.
0: Yes. And you guys would go follow her on, on Instagram and on Facebook because, um, she's, you just got back from like Tennessee. You went on vacation with your husband, which is going to lead up to the next question that I have for you, but you just look so, I don't know how to explain it. Just like at peace. Like it doesn't look like it's, you're putting a whole lot of effort into it, which I know isn't true. It takes a lot of work, but you've put in that, you've laid that foundation and done the legwork to make it so that it's something that you can tell you really do enjoy and you really do I think when you when you're doing what you love, obviously, it doesn't feel like work. And maybe that's true for marriage too. If you're doing something you love, <laughs>
1: it, it doesn't do.
0: feel like work. I don't know. Do um, what you
1: love and you'll never work a day in your life. It's so, yeah. so, so true.
0: Yes, yeah. Which I think if we could take that approach with marriage, it might be easier, right? I think sometimes, at least for me, I get I tend to sometimes get caught up in feeling like I I need to make it harder than it needs to be. Or like, we need to have, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I hear what you're saying. A good, good marriage is simple. It's not necessarily easy, but it's definitely simple. And I think for me, you know, there was the example that my parents set. And then there was the example that my husband's parents set and they were very, very, very different. And so I think that I took those two things and realized I didn't want this and I didn't necessarily exactly want this, but I wanted my own version of somewhere in the middle of these two. That was what I, what we created together. Right. And so every marriage has to go from like, you've got the examples that were set for you. You have, what was, what came naturally to you and eventually you want to come together in a way that is specifically yours. Right. And so for me, one of the things I learned, uh, Uh, interviewing all of the successful people is that I kind of learned that you just have to fail your way to success and you don't have to see it as failure. It's not failure until you actually give up. And so I realized that through the course of our marriage, I've just been trying different things and finding my, and failing at a lot of them until I just kind of found my own way to be a wife and a mother in a way that I don't have to explain to anyone i don't have to um defend to anyone it's just it's my way and i've learned it and earned it through a lot of trial and error and failure and success so i think that's what all of us have to go through that process of trial and error and failure and success until you have learned and earned your way To exactly what you want
0: I I love that and that's something that I that we talk about too to the moms is like you kind of have to clear out the noise of like other people's expectations and what other people do like how other other people choose to declutter what people choose to keep or not keep or how other moms choose to raise their kids you really have to kind of I mean, you can cherry pick, you can cherry pick what you love about what everybody's doing and do that and leave the rest behind and you don't have to explain any of it to anybody.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. And that confidence that comes when you have failed and gotten back up and then found some success, like that confidence is so sexy. Like the other day you, you, one of the things that I think happily married couples do is they support each other as they grow. And so the other night I posted about this, my husband and I went to get milkshakes together and like it was date night and I wasn't hungry and he wasn't hungry. we're like, let's just go get milkshakes. And we sat in our favorite, you know, milkshake place. They have this fire and this kind of fun ambiance and we sat there for two hours. And I asked my husband this question because I kind of had this theory, but I asked him, I said, if you could change anything about me right now, like anything, like if I cooked more, I cleaned more, I weighed less, like anything you could change anything about me, what would you change? And he was like, and my theory was this. My theory is that right now I feel very confident in who I am and what I'm doing. And my theory is that you exude like you teach people kind of how to treat you and how you treat yourself. So right now I feel good about myself. I feel really confident and I wouldn't change anything. I feel like I'm living in alignment with my values and what I know to be true. And so I challenged him. I was like, I don't, I wouldn't change anything about myself right now. I'm doing, you know, obviously there's always room for improvement, And so I'm not saying I'm perfect or anything, but I feel really good about where I'm at in my life. And so I was like, want to see if that will come over to my husband. And it's true. He's like, I wouldn't change anything. I, I mean, There's been times in our marriage when he's like, man, I just wish you would clean more or I wish you would make dinner sometimes or, you know, all these different things. But it's always come from me, like my insecurities. But right now I'm like not feeling insecure about anything. And so he couldn't think of anything that he would change about me. And so as wives, as mothers, that confidence knowing like, hey, I may not have it all together. I may not have it, you know, all figured out but dang it, I feel really good about the progress I've made. I feel really good about where I'm at and I'm continuing to learn and grow, but I'm doing it at my own pace and in my own time and in my own way. I promise you that confidence is so sexy to your husband, like so sexy.
0: It It is. It really, really is. And I can look back too, because we've been together for a long time, like like 12 years, and I can look back too. And I know for sure that the things that he wished I would have done differently were totally, they were 100% the things that I had going on with me. Yeah. But the same is true too. When I'm feeling really good about things, he's like, okay, I love that. Like, I love how you're doing that. And even with like my business, like there's been times where I'm like, I hate not doing motherhood simplified. I've always loved motherhood simplified, but I've had three failed blogs before. And he's like, I
1: don't know.
0: Like you, I don't think you should do it. It doesn't seem like you really like it. I'm like. No, I like it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: that, that comes from you. Like that yeah. definitely comes from the way you're feeling about it. It's really
0: yeah. interesting. It is. I love that. So I have a question. Um I have we have five kids, okay, and you have four kids. So I know you've lived this life. Yes. But we had a taste of what life was like with older kids. They were six, eight, and eleven when we had the toddler, and now we have the baby. And I was like, oh, we were to this point where like we could easily go on date nights. And we went uh, to Mexico, him and I, just us two, because we finally felt like the kids are old enough, you know, they're going to understand, they'll have fun with the grandparents. And now we're starting all over again with little tiny ones. So how do you balance like these seasons of life where the kids are, they're demanding, right? They're like, they're physically demanding, How do you balance that? And (laughs) yeah, so that is so hard. But if
1: you can like understand that the kids are going to be okay, like you can leave the kids, they're going to be okay. Um, And just also, I feel like kids who understand that their parents make each other through date nights and these little getaways that are so important. When they see their parents making each other a priority, it does several things for them. One, I think it makes them very secure in knowing that their parents, you know, love each other and make each other a priority. I think they like to see that. Even my teenager, like, ew, stop kissing, right? But they love it. Deep down, they love seeing their parents into each other. They love to see their mom getting ready for a date with her, you know, with her boyfriend. They love, you know, they love those displays of affection. It just makes them feel secure. Like my parents love each other. They love me. Everything is good with the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you're also showing them that, we are united, that we go and we talk with each other and we respect each other and we love each other. And we might not always agree about everything, but we are united. And I think that really helps when you're raising your kids and they like, especially get to those teenage years and they're like, mom's usually easier to get, you know, this from, or dad's a little bit easier in this aspect. Right. But that they understand that, as parents, we communicate with each other, we are on the same page. They're not going to drive that wedge between you that they're going to try eventually when they they get to a certain age. And they're like, let's see if we can make mom and dad disagree about this. Or, you know, like I can get what I want by playing them against each other. Right. When they see that, you know, you are taking time out to be with each other, that you are going to show up with a unified front with the curfew and the, you know, rules and all of those things that kids love rules. They love boundaries and they love that secure feeling of like mom and dad just are each other's priority and we're not going to get in the way of that. And Mm -hmm. that is just so, so good for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And because we had our kids in shifts basically, like I wish that we would have known that with the first there's such a big age gap between them, but it's been really helpful. And I'm not the marriage expert, but I I'm in it right now, but it's been so helpful to have that kind of wisdom, I guess, with these little ones again, of like knowing that we can still find ways to connect with each other and they're going yeah. to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I know that this doesn't last for a long time. Like You guys on the podcast can't see, but I'm like trying not to distract Monica too much because I'm like holding the baby and putting her up in the air to keep her happy. But even like at night, cause she's in bed and nursing with us, we just, we go into it with a light heart and we joke that she's just having a sleepover party with her parents every night (laughs) Yeah, and it'll, she'll be out of our bed soon. She's only five months and we'll be back to having our, our room alone completely. But in the meantime this is just what we're doing. And we can still, him and I can still connect. Him and I can still find ways to talk with each other and do things that we like to do with each other. And it doesn't look like maybe a a vacation to Mexico right now, (laughs) but we'll get there. We'll get there again.
1: Yeah. And remember, you're right. It does get better. It always, always, always gets better. And I feel like now that my kids, my kids are, getting a lot older and I can finally like admit that being a baby mom was really hard for me. And I didn't really enjoy it all the time. Of course, I loved my babies. I, I mean, babies are just the best, but like being baby mom, I didn't like it. I didn't like the sleepless nights. I didn't like the, um, I did love nursing, but always having, you know, being the pack mule and having to take everything with me, all the bodily fluids that were all over the place, changing diapers, like, you know, <laughs> always looking for the other shoe, like being late to everything, not ever feeling like I had my crap together. I did not like that. Yeah, <laughs> And I wasn't very good at it. And it's okay because I'm really good at being the mom now. Like I've got you know, my older kids, they're so independent and they've got these amazing little personalities and I love talking to them and connecting with them. And I mean, even my daughter has this crush and you know, she's like texting her crush back and forth and she brings me the phone all the time. Mom, what do I say? What do I say? You know, like I am crushing this, this season of motherhood. I love it. And it's totally new to me, right? But I can finally admit like that baby stage was not my best stage.
0: It's (laughs) it's okay. It is okay. It is okay. And it, and I wanted to ask you that too. Like, does it get easier? And and it honestly, it does. It does. I've had a taste of it. My kids are so much easier. And Monica, I don't know if you know this, but this morning I made a post because it's Monday, February 10th. And I thought it was president's day (laughs) and she was up all night. Okay. She was like up howling at the moon doing whatever she does. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad there's not school tomorrow. There's school today. The school's called and we're like, Hey, we're just wondering why they weren't at school. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just, told them like, I have a newborn and a toddler and this was completely my fault. They're not going to be at school today, but <laughs> everyone who's listening, you heard it from Monica and you heard it from me because I have a, uh, older kids too. It gets so much easier and your life doesn't feel like such a chaotic mess to where you literally don't even know what day it is. Oh God.
1: It's different for everyone. It totally is. Some people love that unscheduled, not having to get kids to school. I love, you know, getting them ready for school and then talking to them about school when it's over. I mean, everybody is totally different in their motherhood journey, but just know that it's okay to not love every stage. Like you don't have to rock every stage of motherhood. Just be present. You know, over time, your kids are going to look back and go, mom was always there. She didn't send us to school sometimes when she was supposed to like, whatever it is, but know that you were always there and that you always cared and that you always made an effort to, you know, just, be present. And, and, and that's really just the most important thing. Like you don't have to love it all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to love it all the time. You don't even have to feel like you're good at it all the time. Sometimes you'll get a call from the school and you'll be like, literally don't know what day it is. (laughs) And it's okay. Totally. Totally. right. It's okay. Okay. So you, you have a lot of things that you're offering coming up it's we're airing this episode on valentine's day so i'm really excited to tell them the things that you have for them to use if they're interested yeah
1: so i'm going to give you my number one advice about about valentine's day because valentine's day is such a difficult holiday i think there's so much pressure and stress that builds up especially for women to like you know have their husbands make this romantic amazing gesture on Valentine's Day, just remember, lower your expectations. Valentine's Day is a great day to express your love to one another, but it shouldn't be that much different than any other day. So instead of setting yourself up for a bunch of disappointment, you know, just realize that everything is marked up on Valentine's Day. So if your spouse doesn't like come through like a knight in shining armor with this these amazing dinner reservations and all of these flowers and it's okay. They don't love you any less. They're probably just being practical. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, so I tell all women, like, don't be disappointed about Valentine's day. Just love your spouse. Like you love them on any other day of the week. Yeah. um, Or the year. And, and then, yeah, I'm so excited and giddy because i have been doing a lot of kind of market research and asking my friends like what would make the most impact in your marriage if you just really rocked it and almost everyone unanimously has said intimacy so we have been creating so i partnered with a sex therapist who is incredible she's amazing and she deals with tons of couples all the time and we have created this 14-day total, well, actually, it's 14-day complete intimacy challenge. And it goes from emotional intimacy to romantic intimacy to sexual intimacy. Yes, I totally went there. But <laughs> it's, it's a gradiated, it's 14 days, it's prompts and activities that are going to get you to really tap into, you know, that confident, sensual, amazing person that you are and really get you to enjoy intimacy on every level so more love deeper connection and and truer lifelong intimacy um, I'm really 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 excited about it and so I'm sure you'll link to it but you just go to www.on side of marriage backslash14 day challenge and um, you can sign up for that there there's all kinds of freebie. Things you can sign up for on my website. My podcast is at on the brighter And um, most everything marriage related is on the brighter so. Yay! I'm
0: excited about that. Cause I mean, I our marriage is good, but I think it you can always, there's always ways to improve. There's always ways to be better, especially when it comes to intimacy. Because, like you said, there's so many different facets of intimacy there's there's just a lot of different kinds and yeah well especially
1: at the stage of motherhood you're at yeah. right now intimacy is kind of hard you've been yes as <laughs> a jungle gym and a feeding station and By the end of the night, you're kind of just touched out. I get it. I was there. You know, I totally understand that. And so it like romantic intimacy to you might mean something totally different. And so it's really fun to explore the different kind of levels and then just get ideas about how to enjoy each of the stages because they are all different.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm super excited. Like I said, without telling you guys too many details, I mean, you guys can, you guys can fill in the blanks. We have two kids under two, and then we have an eight, 10 and a 13 year old. Actually he's 14 now, but I think that's why we have kind of the wisdom of like, there are other ways for us to stay connected, which is just another form of intimacy. And I think it's really important to remember, like there are so many ways to connect with your, with your spouse or your partner. Um, So I'm excited to learn new ways of how to do that. Good.
1: Yeah. Well, I am so giddy about this program. I think it's just going to be really eye-opening for a lot of people. And I hope it just really helps people just tap into that part of themselves that a lot of women have kind of closed off because they're just like, this is too much work. It's not fun. I don't enjoy it. And um, I think there's just a new level you can get to when you kind of understand some of these other like you said, alternate ways to feel Mm -hmm. close and connected and intimate with your spouse.
0: Yes. And they're all, they're all connected. If you're more, if you're more in tune with one, you're automatically, I think going to be more in tune with the rest of them. Um, So I will put all of the links for all of that for you guys to get into the description of the video and into the show show notes (laughs) for the podcast. And we will see you guys all there. Thank you so much, Krista. It's been such a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you, Monica. Hey friend, did you love this episode? If you did, I would love if you took a screenshot of it and shared it with somebody else. Okay. The whole point of this is to create a community of moms who get each other, who support each other and who, when they find something that helps them. They share it with somebody. So I would love if you shared this podcast with somebody with maybe just a little note about how it helped you or how it inspired you so that it can help somebody else. I would also love it if you left me a review. Leaving a review lets me get better stats on the internet and blah, blah, blah. Basically, it helps me help more moms like you. I would so appreciate it. If you hated this episode, I'm sorry, but I'm also kind of impressed that you listened to it all and you're still listening. So still leave me a review, still share it (laughs) because I'm sure somebody can benefit from it. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Hey, before you go,